What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another special edition of the Red Solo Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Coe. This is episode number 51, and we are officially 14 days away from tip-off. That's right, folks. 14 days. Two weeks from today, we will have college basketball back in our lives. Y'all know I'm pumped. I hope you guys are pumped. It's going to be a great season. Last season was just as good. I'm sure this one will be just as good, if not better. All right. It's going to be a great season, and I am super pumped. I'm going to go over the ACC preseason prediction. I've got my own thoughts, my own opinions on players and teams, and I'm going to break this these series of episodes into three episodes. It's going to have three episodes, five teams per episode. There's three tiers. We're going to start off with the teams in in tier three. These are the back half teams that really don't have too much of a shot uh, to make the, uh, the big dance, you know, or even the NIT really, uh, lots of great talent on some of these teams, but ultimately I'm just not a believer in most of these teams. And I think we've got to start off with number 15, Boston College. Now, the Eagles do have a new head coach in Earl Grant, but he has his work cut out for him. There's no other way to put it. In his first year after going from College of Charleston, the guys had some success. Earl Grant has had some success over the years over at College of Charleston. Um, Not a whole lot that really jumps off the page. But, you know, he still had some solid years in his seven years there, 127 and 89. And he's going to have to work for these wins, and that's just Boston College basketball. I think, honestly, you know, with the SEC getting 16 teams, the ACC currently has 15. I'm sure they're going to add another here soon, one day. It's just too many teams, in my opinion. I don't think a, a conference needs to have more than 12 and, you know, 14 be the absolute max. You know, it just it would do wonders for Boston College to just get out of the ACC. You know, th- this defense last year is something that was horrible. There's really no other way to put it. Uh, they allowed opposing offenses to make just under half their shots at 49.1%. It actually ranked 335th nationally. So a lot of work cut out for them. This defense is not good. They don't have a whole lot of talent, and and that's the big problem. That's the big issue. They're going to need an injection of talent. So there are some some decent players here. Uh, the top player to watch for has to be the College of Charleston transfer, Brevin Galloway. Really solid player. Not not you know anything to uh, to go home and write about. Uh, but I, I do like the player. He he's a great shooter. And he averaged 15 points a game at College of Charleston, and he's got he's got a lot to uh, to show for. Um, he, he's going to be a solid player. You know, Galloway was voted in the uh, preseason All CAA second team, and so he's going to be the uh, the secret weapon for this team. And and I think that's important uh, for uh, new head coach Earl Grant to to bring him over and kind of introduce his style of play to this new BC team. The two players that uh, returned from last year are star junior guard Makai Ashton Lankford, who averaged 9.6 points per game, 3.3 rebounds per game, and 3.2 assists. He kind of does it all, and he's going to have to. Like I said, this team doesn't have a lot of talent. His younger brother, who I'm actually a, a, a fan of, he's a solid athlete, is uh, their guard. He's a sophomore, Damar Lankford. 
He had some solid numbers uh, last season, just under seven points a game, 4.2 rebounds per game. I, I like that. He, he's got a great ability to find the ball off the rebound, and uh, he can stretch the floor a little bit. So, you know, when you're looking at this team, how is this team going to gonna look? What's their outlook? So, really, it's just compete. It's just compete hard. Try not to finish last place. You know, they're going to be fighting for the 15th or 14th spot all season long. And until they get some all-star commit, which I just don't see happening unless they leave the ACC, this is going to be a tough, tough first year for Earl Grant. My heart goes out to him because he's got a lot of balls to take on this job. Anybody does. So the other team that I think will be fighting for the last place position, I've got Pittsburgh penciled in at 14th. Uh, this is a big year for for head coach Jeff Capel. Look, the the outlook of this team when Jeff Capel was hired was, you know, they, they were going to put some teams on notice. They were going to put the ACC on notice. This is a great coach coming from a great program. He, he's been a la- around Coach K, so he, he knows how to coach well, how to get players, and that just hasn't been the case over the years. I mean, this is a team that has really struggled. They had a lot of great uh, players and uh, assets to the team last year, and they just didn't get anything done. They lost a lot of their core players. Um, they lost, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, Odise, uh, Tony, he went to Arkansas, Xavier Johnson went to Indiana, and Justin Champagny, who had a breakout year, uh, went to the draft. So the lone starter is Ithiel Horton, uh, eight, over eight points per game, two rebounds. He's going to have to carry the load. Um, it, it's not looking too good. Now, they did get an Oakland transfer, Dan Oladapo. Now, the big man out of Oakland is actually a really solid rebounder, just under nine rebounds per game. Expect those numbers to come down just slightly just because of competition, but he's also a pretty good scorer. You know, he, he got right at uh, 13 points per game at 12.9. So, I mean, it's a very capable player and a really solid get. Uh, but there there's a couple of guys on this roster. Again, nothing jumps out of the, uh, on the page. And all eyes are on Capel. I mean, this is a year that, in my opinion, is kind of make it or break it. We're going to see a, a couple of coaches uh, going into the season maybe on the hot seat or their seats a little warm. I think Capel's one of those guys. I mean, you know, you're in year four, you're 40 and 48. You really should have been better last year and you weren't. It's not that he can't get players. It's just that he, when he does, he doesn't do anything with them. I mean... Last tournament appearance was 2016. There's really no light at the end of tunnel right now. And I I really do think that, you know, if they're 14th this year, you you might hear some chatter about Jeff Cable not being the head coach there in Pittsburgh. So my outlook for their season is the amount of roster turnover and no key additions, no no big time gets is really going to hold this Panther team back. They they leaned heavily on Justin Champagny and losing him and a couple of key guys is going to hurt this squad. We may see a coaching change. You're going into the season with all these question marks, all these things working against you. I just don't see how Jeff Capel and the Pittsburgh Panthers come out of this in any positive note. I mean, this this is a team that at best will finish 12th, in my opinion, and that's if they strike some type of electricity in a bottle with their, with their multiple new gets. All right, next up is 
on the list. Wake Forest at number 13. The Deacons got a great coach in Steve Forbes. I really love the hire, and I knew it was going to be a good one. I know that they struggled a lot last year, but it's going to take some time. You know, they, this <laughs> that first season went about as bad as it could have. Uh, they were 6-16 six and 16 in the ACC. But I think this team actually takes a turn for the better. That's why I have them at 13th. And they could even maybe slide into that 12th, possibly 11th. You know, there's a couple of guys that I really like on this team. Damian Williamson, he's a player that Forbes actually brought over from East Tennessee State and had a great impact as soon as he hit the floor. Averaged 12.9 points per game. And I think that he's he's going to have to lean on him again. For, for this team to succeed. Another guy that I really, really like who had, a honestly, a really bad year is uh, four-star so- sophomore Carter Witt. He was actually supposed to be a senior in high school last year, and you could just tell he just wasn't ready for the big stage. Lots of turnovers, really poor shooting. Um, but this kid is capable. He's a great scorer. He, he can pass the ball. I like Carter Witt a lot, and I think that that backcourt has something to prove. And the, the combo of those two, if Carter Whip can just make a, a, a serviceable leap and, you know, limit the turnovers, that's a big thing is that he had a lot of turnovers and his shooting stroke just was not good. That's something that's got to be fixed. I really like the front court. You've got Isaiah Musius, Tariq Ingraham, and Indiana State transfer Jake Larivia, seven-foot big man. Transfer from Colorado, Dallas Walton. There's some solid pieces on this squad that I think is actually going to help out Wake in the long run. You know, LaRivia, 12.3 points per game, 6.3 rebounds. You've got Dallas Walton, who's a 7-footer. He's going to be their big interior presence. He needs to get those rebounding numbers up. I don't love the rebounding numbers. He's only at 2.5. But he can score a little bit. But I, I like I like a lot of what this team offers. They're going to be a lot more competitive. That's for sure. They're definitely going to win a lot more closer games. But it's still a working progress. It's it's a team that will be in a lot of games, but ultimately just won't have that guy, that guy that can go out there and get buckets, that guy that is is the uh, the bread and butter, the guy that gets gets the big time buckets. And I just, I can't see Wake late in games pulling away from these top echelon teams. You know, they'll beat a couple of uh, middle tiers, uh, maybe squeak out one sneaky win, but all in all, I mean, they're they're a team that is still a work in progress under year two, but they will see a little bit more progress this season. I think the outlook on Wake Forest is, like I said, 13th, but I could easily see them getting to maybe 12th or 11th if you see some of the guys step up. All right, guys, coming in at number 12, we saw a team last year actually have a decent amount of success, and that is the Clemson Tigers who I think are going to have to hit the reset button hard. Uh, head coach Brad Brunell lost a lot on this team from from this team last year. The heart and soul, basically the captain, the guy that made everything happen, the guy that is responsible for a lot of their wins is uh, Amir Sims, and he's gone. 
averaged 13 points, 6.4 rebounds, and total assists. All three of those categories he was the team leader in. And replacing Clyde Trapp and John Newman III, who's off at Cincinnati, shout out to uh, John, that's going to be really tough. I think those guys were really solid glue guys that were good complementary pieces to Amir Sims. And now you got to get some guys that can step up. You know, last time we saw them, they were on a roll. They were looking good. They were looking strong and got bumped in the first round by Rutgers. Now, Rutgers is not a team to sleep on. I think they're actually going to be really good this year. But that was one of those possibly 50-50 games, and they got bumped pretty good. Now, they've got a couple of really solid pieces returning. Nick Honor, he's probably their best shooter and might have to be their best scorer. Olimir Dawes is a really solid piece too. And then I'm going to see, I'm going to be looking out for PJ Hall. I thought he had a lot of great moments last year. And uh, he's a guy that I really like. Um, he was a top 2020 recruit. And uh, he only averaged three and a half points per game and two rebounds. But I think those numbers significantly jump up. He's a really, really solid piece. Uh, Olimir Dawes is their leading return uh, scorer at nine points per game. But like I said, I, I really like Nick Honor and his shooting ability. And uh, if he if he can if he can look to score more than just shooting, I do think he'll lead this team in scoring. I think the key thing to watch out for is this Clemson's shooting ability. You have to respect their three-point shooting, and it's got to be their their bread and butter. It's got to be the reason they win. Obviously, a solid defensive team, but look for them to shoot a lot of threes. They are returning four of their top six three-point shooters from last season, and senior forward Hunter Tyson led the way with, I mean, just a remarkable just lethal shooter, uh, 43.1% from beyond the arc. And like I said, when you talk about Brad Barnell, uh, you have to talk about his defensive mindedness. Clemson was second in the ACC last season in scoring defense. Like I said, they lose a lot of glue pieces, their captain, their guy, Amir Sims. But this this team is capable. I, I, I think that this team can surprise some people. I feel like I might be... A little low on this team but rightfully so I just feel like they're gonna compete really hard but they're gonna need transfers Naz Bohannon and David Collins to really step up for Clemson to to be a real contender you know they're gonna they're gonna have guys that really weren't asked to go out and lead the team to now do so Replacing Amir Sims is is going to be the talk for their seasons. They they've got to find that guy, and I think if they can, who knows? You know, who knows? I I, I think that Clemson could fight for that you know top three ish uh, seed in the NIT, which puts them right on the bubble, which means they could possibly put be put inside the top nine, and. They surprised some teams last year, so why not? I mean, this is a great defensive team. They're a really good three-point shooting team. So two recipes for success are good defense and good three-point shooting. So, again, I don't want to be too bullish on them, but look for Clemson to surprise some people. I'll say that much. So coming down at number 11, this is probably one of the hardest ranks that I had, and it's the Miami Hurricanes. Miami maybe won't be a great team, 
but they are going to be a lot of fun to watch. They are going to be one of the most fun teams, not only in the ACC, but in the nation. Isaiah Wong is the guy you want to look out for, and I do have Isaiah Wong in my all-ACC first team. This is a guy that averaged 17.1 points per game, and he single-handedly won Miami games, or at least kept them in it. This guy is a bucket. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He is. He, this team can be this bad and still win games because of him. Isaiah Wong is is a guy that you just stop what you're doing and you just watch. He he can score at every level, and I mean, look, he torched NC State. So I mean, look, watch out for Isaiah Wong. He will he will put the team on his back and win some games that they should not win. Now. The guard play is what's going to keep this team going. They've got Jordan Miller from George Mason, uh, DePaul transfer, Charlie Moore. Both really solid addition. Both are very capable scorers. Charlie Moore with 14.4 points per game for DePaul last season. And then opposite of him is... All Atlantic 10, Jordan Miller, you know, 15.6 points per game and six rebounds. So some a little bit more help this season. I know that that last year Chris Likes couldn't really get on the court. He had a lot of injury issues. He's away now, but I think that this team is still going to have to run through Isaiah Wong. But at least now he's got some help. At least he's got something to work with. Um uh, Cameron McGusty, he's a double-digit scorer. He's going to have to step up. Three-point shooting for this team is horrible, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, 29.5%. It was the ACC's worst, ACC's worst, and 321st nationally. So a really bad three-point shooting team. I think that, you know, it's it's the backcourt that's going to be amazing is the front court that is going to lose them games the front court is not good outside of Anthony Walker the sophomore forward there's not much and and there's just there's not going to be much you know all season long Anthony Walker he averaged 9.6 points per game 4.7 rebounds and and that's about it you know they have they do have Rodney Miller Jr. Uh, he is their lone seven-footer, uh, but he only appeared in five games. I, I don't, I don't love the front court at all. Really, it's all about the back court, and it's going to have to be for them to win games. So the outlook on Miami is they'll be fun, they'll be exciting, they'll light up the the uh, TV, but don't expect this team to really go anywhere. Now, this team is going to go as far as Isaiah Wong takes them. This is a guy that is is going to compete for first team all ACC. I don't I don't I think he can get there just because of how great of a scorer he is. It's going to be hard to put him there because Miami shouldn't be in any type of tournament talks this season. They're going to get beat up by teams like Duke, Carolina, Florida State, you know, teams that that live in the paint and and like to big body you. It's it's the Isaiah Wong show, for sure. Now there are, like I said, there are a couple other pieces, but it's the Isaiah Wong show. They're going to go as far as he takes them, and this team is an Isaiah Wong injury away from maybe falling to fifteenth. 
And that's what's so weird about this team is that they they have the guard play and the the forwards to make something happen. They can make some noise. They can win some games. They could maybe you know sneak into the top ten in the later half, of course. But ultimately, I just I don't like the the uh, the front court at all. And outside of Isaiah Wong, I don't know on on this team who can get buckets. You got a guys that you got some guys that can score, but guys that can, that can get buckets, I don't see it. And I don't think that the three-point shooting got any better. They got some scores, but they didn't get a whole lot of great shooting. So that's going to wrap it up for Miami. I don't think that uh, they'll be an NIT team. Now, if they do, they do somehow make it in there, they'll probably be a later seed, which I'll be watching. I'll be watching because, like I said, watch out for Isaiah Wong. All right, wrapping up Tier 3, the fifth and final team is the former ACC champions, that's right, Georgia Tech, the Yellow Jackets, coming off of their incredible ACC win. Josh Pastner coached his ass off. There's no other way to put it. But the Yellow Jackets do lose ACC Player of the Year, Moses Wright, and Defensive Player of the Year, Jose Alvarado. That's a lot to lose. That is a lot of production to lose. But you do have an all-ACC caliber player in Michael DeVoe. Michael DeVoe is a great player. He's going to be the heart. He's going to be the backbone. He averaged right at 15 points per game. He's effective on or off the ball. I really like him. Uh, he's he's going to have to be their guy for this team to be really good. Another guy that I really like a lot is uh, Mississippi State transfer Devion Smith. I, I think that he is a really awesome player. He was a former top 100 player and a four-star. Really quick with the ball. I think him and uh, and DeVoe could be a really nice duo or complimentary piece to DeVoe. Uh, but then you throw in top 100 players, Miles Kelly, Dallas Coleman. You know, this Georgia Tech team, they've got some good size. they got some good depth. I like the guards. You know, I like uh, Smith starting at the point, but... I'm sure that Bubba Parm will be starting at the point to start out the season. Maybe won't hold that uh, for the for the entirety of the season. But Bubba Parm is a solid player. He's a good ball handler, but he has to cut down those turnovers. That's going to be a, a big key for this team. You know, who's going to step up at that, at that point? They weren't a very good rebounding team, but they made shots, and they made shots at a high rate. They turned teams over really, really solid. Uh, it was a turnover margin that was first in the ACC. They were ninth in the country. A lot of that has to do with uh, Jose Alvarado and his defensive intensity. He is gone. I don't think that they're going to repeat that. And losing Moses Wright, I don't think they can uh, compete with what he brought to the table. They don't have a bona fide center. But that doesn't mean that other players can't step up. Jordan Usher returns. He's going to have a solid year. He's going to have to for this team to, to be pretty good. He's going to eat up a lot of the minutes that we saw from your boy Moses Wright. Another guy that's probably going to see some time at the center position is 6'10 junior Rodney Howard. He only averaged 1.6 points per game, 1.4 rebounds per game. So look, this team, they, they don't have a center, and, and I don't like that about them. you got to be able to rebound. I, I like a rebounding team. They lost a lot of their core pieces. They, they, they still have a good team, and that, that's another thing is that I think that this Georgia Tech team can easily slide themselves into the top eight. 
just because of, of the emergence of Josh Pastner. And uh, I, I think that this Georgia Tech team has some real talent. I, I think that they're a solid team. They struck magic last season. It's, it's a matter of if they can sustain that magic and keep it going. They're going to get some success this year. I think that they're going to be a frisky team, and they're going to be on that bubble. They're going to be that. Th- this is the hardest part. The 10-9-8 teams are the hardest ones to predict because each one of them, and I'll reveal those in the next episode, but the 10-9-8 teams are the hardest one to, ones to predict because each one of them have enough talent to get them to the tournament, but they also have not enough talent to submit themselves firmly in the tournament and that's why they're on the bubble it's it's the it's the reason that they live that they live there I mean it's amazing that this team this Georgia Tech team won the ACC last year and in one year we're already talking about them missing the the uh, the NCAA tournament I still like some of these players I think Michael DeVoe has a great season a great season Bubba Parham is gonna have to step up there's a couple of guys that are gonna have to step up obviously but again don't sleep on Georgia Tech. I think that they have enough talent to get into the tournament. But I'm going to say that they don't make it. Now, spoiler alert, I've got eight teams making it. I was on the fence. I wanted to say seven, but I went with eight. And you guys will see why in the next episode. As we get into Tier 2, I'm going to reveal which teams make the tournament, which ones miss out, and why. Um, you guys are going to be surprised by some of my picks and I can't wait to share them with you. That does it for tier three. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm so excited for college basketball. I wanted to do this. I I made a 16 page report for you guys and (laughs) I worked pretty hard on it, but I'm super happy that college basketball is back in our lives. Two weeks from today, I, I've got a calendar and I'm marking the days away. Thank you guys for tuning in so much. I'll have another episode here in the coming days. I might just release all three episodes right back to back to back um, each day following. But thank you guys again for tuning in. As always, grab a cup, fill it up, and let's talk some sports next week. Peace out, everybody.